Good morning, people of God. Oh, it's wet outside, but the sun is shining inside. Amen? Oh, so happy and uh, privileged to have you join us in worship, both in person and online. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Amen. Even with the weather crummy like this, God is still good, and we can give thanks for that. A uh, special welcome to those visiting with us, especially online as well. Um, also, we'll be having communion this morning, so if you ha- uh, have time to grab some bread, some wine or juice, that would be great after our time of confession this morning. couple quick announcements. Uh, we have a new member class after our 11 o'clock service today. Uh, for those interested in learning more about who we are, what we do, uh, and even if you're just interested in, in meeting some people, you are welcome to join us. We'll be eating about 11.45, because uh, it's a short sermon today. <laughs> it's amazing taking having one Sunday off and coming back going like, how do I do this every week? It's just like, this is crazy. Uh, we were uh, very, I'm very thankful. We had Pastor Kelsey uh, leading worship last Sunday. I had a chance to head to Minnesota, don't you know? and uh, spend some time with family and friends and just uh, be present with some people that really needed uh, just a loving touch. So that was uh, lovely and, and wonderful. Um, but uh, let's see, uh, a week from, no, what is it? It's already April 30th. Okay, this Saturday, holy cow, this Saturday we are having an awesome event called Walk Through the Bible. Uh, well, a couple, about a year and a half ago we did the Old Testament with Jim, the presenter, and uh, we were so ecstatic about him, I called Jim Miller up and said, hey, we want you to come back for the New Testament. Can you do that too? And he got certified in it, and it's going to be awesome. So this Saturday, 9 o'clock, is when it starts. So come before 9 o'clock. Uh, there'll be a registration table. It's completely free. We are so excited about this. Our council was just like, nope, we're covering the cost of this event. So um, come. Uh, learn the entire New Testament in three hours. That's what we do. And you'll learn it so well that you have hand gestures for all the different books and all the different activities so that it helps you remember. So by the very last time, like at noon, we're done at noon, you will be able to walk through the entire New Testament. That's how fun this is. So uh, come join us. Kids are welcome. We do have uh, child care available for the littles. But, you know, even the Sunday school kids can come and learn this stuff. And it's free. Did I mention that? Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, finally, we are uh, continuing to collect children's books for the uh, Children's Hospital of Detroit. I believe today might be the last day. Yes? Okay, I see heads nodding. So uh, we got a new member class. You can pop in, you know, after uh, worship today if you want to have any that you want to drop off. With all that, let's get after it. I invite you to stand as you are able. Greet the neighbors you have around you. Give a shout out on uh, Facebook if you're joining us. Amen. Let us pray. O God, our shepherd, you know your sheep by name and lead us to safety through the valleys of death. 
Guide us by Your voice that we may walk in certainty and security to the joyous feast prepared in Your house. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with You in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. And all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Well, sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father, from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our walk with the risen Christ this Easter season comes today with a reading from the book of John. But before that, you know, it's the obligatory. I have to say, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. It's good to remind ourselves that from time to time, especially throughout this Easter season. And uh, today is known as uh, Good Shepherd Sunday across all of at least the Lutheran world, if not most of the Catholic and Protestant world as well. Uh, and so we hear stories about Jesus being a shepherd, which is where our reading from the book of John kicks in. John chapter 10, starting in the first verse, I invite you to follow along on the screen. Where we hear Jesus say this, Very truly I tell you, Anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger but they will run from Him because they do not know the voice of the strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they didn't understand what He was saying to them. Shocking, I know. So again, Jesus says, well, let's try this. Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before Me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by Me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. This is the Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this is also the Sunday where if we were to read all the Scripture verses assigned for this Sunday, we would also read Psalm 23. Right? The Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything else. And then we also hear from John. And maybe John's connection to Psalm 23 pointing to Jesus that He is the shepherd, reminding the people of this story of, of this moment when Jesus was trying to explain exactly who He was for people. The first thing He tells us is, hey, I'm the shepherd. Follow My voice. And they got kind of confused by going, huh. And so He says, tell you what, I'll simplify it. I'm the gate. You get through Me to the greener pastures in life. Maybe that was a little easier to understand. Regardless, this is one of those readings where every time I, I open up these verses, something new hits me. And this was one of those instances where it hit me right between the eyes. And I don't know if you're at the same place as I am or not, but those last couple of verses were so profound for me. 
where John tells us very simply and yet profoundly a distinction between the thief that comes to take life away and Jesus, the one who came to give life and give it abundantly. And here's the thing. I think that as clear and as blunt as that contrast seems, it gets really blurry really fast. Often without us even being made aware that the thing that we were hoping was going to give us life was actually taking it from us. I'll give you a couple of examples. Email. Hey, I know I'm kind of dating myself here because there was a time before email for you younger people, yes? But remember when email first came on the scene? Okay, it was touted as the best thing. It was a huge uh, improvement, right, of communication. You could now write out your thoughts without having to worry about being stuck in a really long conversation. You could get so much more work done if you could just send out a bunch of emails. And then all those communications were taken care of, or at least the ball was rolling. It was new. It was awesome. Well... If I'm honest, most weeks, email tends to suck more of my week. I don't know if that's a a play on words or not. (laughs) But right, we spend more time, at least I do, reading through all of my emails, responding to emails, getting ahead on emails. It takes so much of my week that I've got it on my phone now too. Is it now life-taking or life-giving? Speaking of phones, oh, I laugh when we talk to our kids about how phones used to be rotary, right? How you used to have one long cord to the one in the kitchen because that had to reach the entire first floor. And now we have them at our fingertips. Literally, the world with us at any given time My boys can ask me a question and I can give them an answer. Woo! And yet after two soccer games yesterday, I saw more people watching and working on their phones than I saw watching their kids play games. I saw more people using them as they're driving than I think I had ever seen on any given day before. We stay up at night watching shows and endless TikToks that literally something new pops up 30 seconds later so we can't put them down. And I know I'm guilty of this as well, but the question remains, is this phone life-giving or life-taking? Or consider work. I've been blessed to have had several jobs over the course of my life that I have loved, some of them that I have not. Yet from time to time, I find it really easy to lose myself in work, especially when exciting things are going on, when I want to get ahead or or get all the details and planning taken care of, get so enamored with work that oftentimes I completely lose track of what I was doing or why. And before you know it, you start to realize the sacrifice that it has taken on your family or your personal life. I know a lot of pastors who end up divorced because their families look at it as, well, is it work or is it family? So is it life-giving or life-taking? 
or our kids, right? Boy, they're just life-taking, aren't they? No, I'm kidding. No. No, of course, there's absolutely nothing more that I love besides my wife. I hope you're watching, honey. Uh, that I love more, I love my children so much and I would happily sacrifice everything, time, energy, money to give them the things that either I didn't have when I was growing up or the things that I know they're excited about. We do that as parents, don't we? But as they're getting older now, I sometimes wonder if they are being well served or as well served as I would like to think they are by the good intentions. And I wonder if I've been spending too much time at the altar of, of giving my children as much as I possibly can. I know that as parents, Kelsey and I started the conversation of, well, we're just going to let them do one thing. And boy, that went by really quickly. As I'm literally canceling my plans because, well, now soccer is Tuesdays and Saturdays for two of our boys. Violin lessons are Saturday afternoons. Uh, youth group are Sunday nights. Uh, um, uh, choirs are Tuesdays, sometimes Mondays. All right? All the things. Taekwondo is Wednesday afternoons. It's just like, it's so easy. You can justify everything to go, oh, but this is so great for my child. And at the same time, you add enough stuff and you just kind of go, what just happened? So, is it life-giving or life-taking? Money. Let's talk about money, right? Money, so many great things money can do for us, for our families, for our church family, for our neighbors, for all those who are in need. But how easy is it for money to shift from a means to an end or a gift to be used to a God to be worshipped and fixated on, always being worried about it, keeping it for ourselves. Is it life-giving or is it life-taking? You picking up what I'm putting down here? I don't think I need to keep going here. I mean, there's everything under the sun that it's good for us to consider. Is this life-giving? Is my perspective on this or my approach to this giving me life or taking it away? And it's hard to know where that line is in our lives. A lot of times, it can be the circumstances going on. Some days, they are life-giving. Other days, it's very life-taking. And I'm not here to tell you that what is life-giving and what isn't. And to draw that line for you, everyone has to make that decision on your own. But I am here to say these two things. First, I take it to heart that Jesus tells us today in John chapter 10 that He came so that we might have life and have it abundantly. That He might be life-giving in all ways. Which to me isn't about having more life, but about having a better and richer and more purposeful life, a deeper life for the things that truly matter. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to show us how deep the Father's love is by showing us on the cross. By really absolutely forgiving all of our sins all those times when we have messed up. All so that we can get busy living an abundant life here and now as we enjoy the opportunities to serve and love one another. I'm not telling you anything you didn't already know. You all knew that, right? Nod your heads. Yeah, but man, is that easy to forget, isn't it? So many things in life 
draw our attention away from the source of true life. And that's what what Jesus is talking about here. There are others that I'm just going to flat out call thieves. You need to be aware of them. They will clamor for your attention. They will cry for your help. They will get you thinking there is a better life if you just jump over this fence. And we fall to that from time to time, don't we? Because we like the idea that there's a greener pasture, that there's a better life, that there is something more. But Jesus says, hey, heads up, (laughs) there are thieves that will try to do that for you. And it won't be long when you will start to understand that, whoa, wait a minute, this isn't life-giving, this is life-taking. Oftentimes, we are so stubborn, I'll speak for myself, I am so stubborn, that usually my life is pretty depleted before I recognize that. Right? We get to the point where we are burnt out or frustrated or angry. Those times when we are emotionally bitter. That means we're a part of things that are life-taking or life-sucking. There's no better way to put it. Jesus warns us about them today. There is only one. And Jesus tries multiple ways for us to try to understand this. First, He says, all right, I'm the shepherd. Okay, listen to my voice, follow me, I'll lead you. And if that's not enough, hey, I'm also the gate. I'm the one you can come to. You come through me, you will find green pastures. That is a promise. One that will never be life-sucking. Only life-giving. The second thing that I get out of this, and as we've noticed, what exactly creates abundant life for any one of us is very different depending on who we are, what we find life-giving. But while I can't give you what that is for you, I can give you that King of Kings does offer a simple and profound commitment that we as your church family will walk with you as we figure that stuff out. That to me is the importance or one of the main reasons why we have church. It's really not for me to tell you anything you don't already know, right? I'm really just repackaging the same message every week. Jesus loves you. Jesus forgives you. Go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, right? But we need that reminder and the opportunity for you to connect with one another to find out what makes abundant life in your life. And I wonder if that will work for my life. So we come to worship. We do Bible studies. We, we do ministry events like this Saturday for the walk through the New Testament. We do things like that because as we interact together, we can figure out together through our conversations, through our, our hugging and, and then just being present with each other, what really is life-giving in our lives. Because like I said, it's really easy to stick with the things that are shiniest. And those often end up the more life-taking things. So instead of just talking about it this morning, we're actually going to wrestle with this. We're going to do it. So here's what I want you to do. Okay, In your own mind, I'm not going to ask you to share anything yet. Take stock of your life. Review kind of how things are going right now, okay? And consider this question. What are some of those things or one big thing 
that is life-taking for you right now? What is something or a couple of things that is not giving you life? Something that is requiring time or money or your attention that draws you away from something that is life-giving. Okay, Take a few moments and think about that right now. And now, so that we can be kind of, you know, church family together here and learn from one another. Uh, and I know that sometimes this can be a vulnerable thing. You know, sharing those things that we might be a part of that, uh, that aren't the best for us. So I'll even include this in, in asking you to give me some ideas. Uh, what is something that either for you or for other people that you see, definitely not you, right? <laughs> that is life taking. What would some ideas be? Illnesses? Amen. Golf? I, I disagree. No. <laughs> yes. Right? Those things we fixate on. Yes. What else? Drugs. Boy, it, it, it's amazing how quickly we jump to the things that help us escape. Right? A lot of those things will be life-taking, whether it's drugs or video gaming uh, or TikTok. That's like a drug, right? It gives our brain this idea that there is, you know, something new and shiny. What else? Retirement. Yeah. Toxic work environments. Children with, with issues that they are dealing with. Yes. That can be very life taking. What's that? Watching the news. Boy. You know, if I learned anything over the pandemic, it's that every news broadcast has an agenda, right? And depending on who owns them or, or what the what the direction is, they want you to hear certain things and only certain things. I came across an article last night that I was reading at night that was, uh, um, why are, uh, why are so many Americans unhappy with the U.S. right now? And a lot of that stuff is in the news right now. All of it is, in fact. Being in charge of hospitality at work. Yeah, especially if people aren't thankful or grateful for it, right? That's very life-sucking. Yeah. So we all have those moments, right? Those things in our lives that we can acknowledge that are taking life from us. So now let's flip that. Take a moment and consider in your life what is maybe something that is going on or, or maybe something that you would like. Maybe something you know or think that it would be life-giving. Think to yourselves, what, what's something that would be life-giving for your life right now? Healing. We'll just share them out right now. Yes. Having a vacation. Yes. Friendships. Playing with the grandchildren. That would be life-giving. What else? 
Yeah, spending more time focusing on the blessings in our lives. That's life-giving. So much of life is perspective these days. And it's really easy, at least for people like me, to see what isn't working well when really you're surrounded by blessings all the time. Right? How do we spin that so we start to see the good around us? Maybe the, even the good in the news. It was a, 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 a Fred Rogers had that whole thing where he was looking to his mom. I, I, I think this was a real story. He looked to his mom. He saw a, a tragic something tragic on the TV and is like, Mom, why is there bad in the world? And she said, look for the good, honey. Look for the people that are helping. Right? What else? Listening to your Jesus music. Oh, there we go. I like it. Because a lot of times, those lyrics are filled with the promises that we receive, right? So what better way to hear them over and over again throughout our week than to listen to them? Right? Watching the garden grow, which it should grow a lot after today and the last couple of days, right? April showers. Yes. Reading. Holy cow, putting that phone down again, right? And picking up a book. That's on my short list right now. I am, I've had staring at me this uh, science fantasy fiction book that my wife says, oh my gosh, you will love this. And I've just stared at it for the last two weeks. Right? That could be life-giving. Yeah, Michelle. Okay. So after work, turning the radio on and dancing? Why not? Love it. Okay, so here's now what we're going to do. We're going to take it one step farther here. Okay? I want you to, on the little piece of paper that you received or that you grabbed on your way in, did anyone not get one of these? Okay. I've got a couple here. All right. So here's what we're going to do. All right. I want you to write down something that either has been, is, or you think would be life-giving for you. Just one thing on that card. Something that you would love to have a deeper experience within your life right now. Okay? Write that down on that card. For those of you online, you can share it in the chat, and I will go back through them this week, and I will write them on a card for you and put them... Uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going uh, to put these. You don't have to put your name on these, right? Uh, we're going to put them on the uh, the crossboard that we have out there, the frame, with little paper clips. And you're going to put them up there. And then throughout the week, going into next Sunday, they're going to be there. And I invite you to take a look at them. Okay, to, to maybe, I don't know, see best practices, see what other people are yearning for, see how, how life-giving things are on that board and, and how you might apply those to your life if that is something that connects with your heartstrings. So do that right now. Y'all did it already. I see that. Okay, so we all know that there are life-giving things around us, near us. And to consider with me for a moment that life is just too stinking short. Amen? And how easy it is to get involved in so many things that are life-taking. I I feel like our reading for today is Jesus saying, Wake up! Too much of life is going by. I'm here that you might have life and have it abundantly. Hello? Hello? 
Let's get more involved in the things that give life and not the things that take life. Or at least how we perceive them. Obviously, it is easy to see that children are life-taking at some days, but you're stuck with them. So, how can we look at that in a new way so that life, or so that our children can be life-giving to us? That we can be reminded of, of the blessings that are in our midst. Same with money, same with phones, same with everything that we have in our lives. They can either be gifts or curses. They can either give life or take it from us. And if we're not paying attention, those thieves will take it and run. So today is that reminder, that call out that Jesus died on the cross for you so that you might have life. That Jesus is your Lord and your shepherd leading you to green pastures so that you might have abundant life. That you might best use the gifts that God has given you so that you can cause life to happen with other people. That's what this is all about. So today, may, may you give, may you be given, may God give you the gift of His Holy Spirit. The courage to say no to the people and things that are life-taking and yes to the people and opportunities that are here to bring us more life. As our Good Shepherd we pray that our Lord leads us into new life today and always. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we cannot thank You enough for the gift of today, for the gift of Your living Word. We thank You for the message that You shared with those people all those years ago, the same message that You shared with us today, that You are our Good Shepherd, that You are the gate you are the way for us to experience abundant life. Give us, give us the courage and the willingness to lay down those things that take life from us. Or at least give us a new perspective on them so that we can see and experience the new life that You have for us each and every day. Give us eyes to see the blessings in our midst. Allow us to be present in You and put everything else aside if not for a moment every day and just experience You and be reminded once again of the promises that You give to us. The promise that You are with us. The promise that You are for us. The promise that You have forgiven and that You love us. And with all of that, we can give thanks to You today. We ask all this in Your holy and precious name and all of God's people say, Amen. Please stand as you are able. United in the hope and joy of the resurrection, we now pray for the church, the world, and for all who are in need. At the end of each little prayer, I will say, God of grace, please respond with, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Jesus, You are the shepherd who gathers us in Your mighty and loving arms. Help Your church to listen for Your voice, especially when the voices of sin, idolatry, and oppression threaten to overpower us. God of grace, hear our prayer. The green pastures, the still waters, and dark valleys of this earth all belong to You, O Lord. 
Sustain Your creation with a love that is both mighty and just. Where there is destruction, bring healing. Where there is desolation, bring abundance. God of grace, hear our prayer. You proclaim shepherding love, comfort, and protection for all people and all of creation. Direct leaders in our own time to learn from Your example and instruction. Give them servant hearts that they generously seek the good of all. God of grace, hear our prayer. We journey with us wherever our paths may lead. We pray for those feeling overwhelmed by anxiety or depression or suffering in any way, especially those we name now either silently or out loud. God of grace, hear our prayer. You are the sheep gate that gives safety to your beloved flocks. Provide protection for refugees, victims of domestic violence, those who are imprisoned, and all who are vulnerable to violence and mistreatment. God of grace, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words, through Jesus Christ our Lord, as we now pray the prayer He taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into your temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We now take a moment to, uh, well, reflect on our week, to acknowledge those times that are are life-taking from us, those things, those times when we have failed to live as God invites us to live. And we confess those before God and in the presence of each other. I invite you to follow along on the screen and read with me. God of life, we confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We nurture conflict and build walls. We neglect the needs of our neighbors and ignore the groaning of creation. Have mercy on us. Where we are self-centered, open our hearts. Where we are reluctant, give us courage. Where we are cynical, restore our trust. Renew us with Your grace and give us the hope of new life in You. Amen. And now hear this, dear ones. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given over to die for us. And for His sake, God forgives us all of our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all of your sin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people say, Amen. At this time, I invite you to take out your communion kits. And for those of you at home, to take out your bread and wine or juice at this time as we prepare ourselves to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. In the night in which He was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. 
He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to His disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is My body, and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of Me. The body of Christ given for you. Amen. And again after supper, He took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in My blood, and it's shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this. For the remembrance of me, the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you today and keep you always in God's grace. And all of God's people say, Amen. Finally, uh, thank you for all the ways that you continue to support King of Kings, especially financially. Uh, on your way out today, there are buckets there. If you're joining us online, there's a QR code at the end of worship. Just know that every little bit adds up. Uh, I wanted to share with you as well um, the results of uh, Brian McIntosh had an Eagles, uh, Eagle Scout project and he collected cans a couple of Sundays ago. Uh, so they did a bunch of yard work. Uh, the Boy Scout troop came and, and beautified our property. But they also came and uh, I, I don't know if Brian's hands actually built this or if they, I don't know. But they've added to our, our prayer corner, adding a beautiful water feature. So before you head out today, stop by and see that. If nothing else, you know, people, especially in this fourth section over here, you might have to go to the bathroom more often, okay? But my prayer is that as we are in this space, we can hear those waters trickling and be reminded of the love that's given to us in our baptisms. So if at any, and I want to reinforce this, at, at any given time, especially as we are going through the, the more difficult moments or the things that we are most joyous about, invite you to use this space to give thanks to our God, to ask for God's blessings in your lives. And, uh, you know, we've got that, we're going to expand on that some more yet. But it's this beautiful little off to the side thing, and I just want to draw your attention to it. So, uh, with all that, may you receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of His hand. Amen. With that, people of God, may you go in peace and share the good news. Thanks be to God.